What's up, everyone? This is episode seven of the Track Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah, and we are here for a little bit of a different episode, a very special one, and we're very excited about it. Are you going to say episode number every single time we do this? Yeah. Even if we're at like 100 episodes? Yeah. What if you lose count? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sure just, I'll be able to figure it out. I just thought of that right now. Because every before I do the intro every week, I always ask Emma, is this episode six? Is this episode seven? Episode um, seven. Yeah. Episode seven. Oh, real quick. I don't know if you saw this. Okay. We got the nicest message from someone, I think today. Okay. Full transparency for everyone who listens and everyone who follows us on social. Um, I am finishing up my university degree and I'm almost done. It's my last week. Um, I have one more exam to go. So I have been a little MIA in terms of social media. <laughs> so any responses, any content. They go to Emma. It's all, it's just. It's and me. when she responds, she does say we. And I appreciate it. I try. <laughs> because it's just her right now. But as of Thursday evening at 8 p.m., I am a graduated lady. I am ready to learn TikTok and take on a little bit more responsibility. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> I'm excited for this. This is going to be good. But no, as a message said, hey girls, F1 fan from Switzerland here. I recently found you guys over on TikTok and I just wanted to let you know I love your podcast. Keep it up. Looking forward to hear your pr- predictions for Baku. Uh, all the love from Switzerland. 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 Oh my God. So I saw that message. I didn't respond to it because I was like, oh, I need to show Hannah this first. But yeah. Wow. I am like, I don't think I understand fully how TikTok can just find anybody for you from across the world. And even when we look at, and I say we, and it's Emma who sends me the screenshots, (laughs) but when she looks at the podcast website, whatever it is, it's like the, I don't need the feed. Yeah. The feed, feed, whatever feed it is, it shows us where our listeners are and everywhere, everywhere. And it's crazy to me that that's the TikTok effect for the most part, but I'm so thankful that people from across the world are yeah. listening to us. So I like, it's crazy. It's nice to see that, yeah. you know, you have people listening, that we yeah. have people listening, but to get like a message actually like hear a person, Like them, there is like, a person behind that dot on the screen that, yeah. that's on Switzerland, you know? So <laughs> anyway, wherever you're listening from, let us know. We would love to know where our listeners are from yeah. and to like create a little bit of, of a community because I think messages are a sense of community for yeah. us. And this could be really fun. Speaking of community. Oh, no. <laughs> I think we need to oh, okay. kind of address. Yeah, I know where this is going. What happened on the Screaming Meals podcast. Mm-hmm. You, you're, kind of, you're kind of off TikTok a little bit because of school right now. Right now, yeah. But Twitter was also blowing up with this exact same thing. Yeah. And the issue with Twitter is that there's no context. TikTok sometimes will be like explaining what happens, but yeah. Twitter is just like comments. Mm-hmm. So I did have to do a little bit of research, but I now I'm, I'm caught up. I understand what's going on. Emma made an awesome TikTok the other day. Like she was really on it, uh, just kind of voicing where I think us and a lot of Other content creators. creators especially female creators are kind of coming from and what our perspective would be on this. But yeah, so take it over. For those who may not be familiar, mm-hmm. there's always drama that goes on in any sort of community but what happened was uh, see i don't even like want to like give it any more spotlight than i should but i don't say the name yeah so this podcast that's true this podcast these two podcasters Mm -hmm. were guests on another podcast oh please keep up there's this podcast called called the screaming meals and the host i don't know all of them but i know clem from f2 Mm -hmm. marcus armstrong from indycar I believe another F2 driver, James something. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. He might not be an F2 driver. Regardless, it's F2 drivers, IndyCar drivers. It's people involved in motorsport that host this podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> James is, um, it says, world-class insurance salesman. Oh. So I don't think he's a driver. Okay. But <laughs> hey, James. <laughs> Not a driver. Regardless, uh, Marcus is, Clem is, I think there's a fourth one that I just, I cannot recall right now. But they had these two guys as guests on their podcast. And these two guests just said some very not so nice things about the F1 community, more specifically like putting the F1 fan base in like this big lump saying that no one cares about where the drivers finish. No one watches the races. We just care about the drama that goes on behind the scenes or we just care about what goes on after the races, which is very untrue. And it was very clear that these two guests were very uneducated on motorsport in general, but that's not why people were freaking out. People were upset because these two guys have been given a lot of opportunities in the world of F1 when it comes to interviewing other drivers, interviewing people involved with like Sky Sports, mm -hmm. literally so many people in motorsport. They have Will, they've had Will, Oscar they've Piastri. had Crofty, Piastri, they had former WTF1. Yes. Yes, yeah. those guys. So they've had been given a lot of opportunities, but they have publicly admitted that they don't really know anything about the sport and that they also don't really care. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it came across. Mm -hmm. And then they turned to another guest on the episode, which was J.M. Correa, who was involved in a very serious accident a few years ago in F2. And they said to him, they said to JM, we didn't know who you were before today, which is very disrespectful. I'm sorry, like you're literally going to be sitting down in a room with a man who nearly lost his life mm -hmm. in an F2 accident. Mm -hmm. And you have the audacity to say, we don't know who you are. No one cares about your sport. And that we only think that your sport is interesting when there's crashes, because yeah. I'm sure that him and the rest of the F2 drivers and everyone in motorsport never wants... A crash to happen. No, you to don't want a with. crash to happen. Exactly. It's going to happen, yeah. but no one gets in the car and is like, let's make this entertaining yeah. for the fans. Yeah. It's not a thing. Yeah. That's kind of what happened. Um, and those two guys that were the guests, they have their own podcast. Their podcast ratings have dropped significantly. Mm -hmm, I saw and that. a lot of female content creators on TikTok, on Instagram, podcasters are they're kind of speaking out mm -hmm. because if me and Hannah were to have started this podcast and we said we don't care about the sport, mm -hmm. we just care about the drama. We wouldn't be getting any listeners. No one would give us the time of day. That, and if anyone saw us on TikTok, our comments would be filled with, these girls just think drivers are hot. Yep. They're definitely DTS watchers only. Who are these girls? Why do they have a, a podcast? Why do they have a platform? Yep. It would just be totally we wouldn't, misogynistic. We wouldn't be given the opportunity to go to the paddock and yeah. like yeah. go to these races. So yeah. That's where the double standards kind of come in. And yeah. that's what I addressed on social media. I think in light of everything that went on, it's really nice and empowering to see that a lot of women are sporting women. And mm -hmm. honestly, there are quite a few male hosted podcasts and just male content creators that are also kind of sticking up for this mm -hmm. issue as well. Mm -hmm. Because of that, I'd say like, not just us, but I have seen recently within these last few days of this all happened, a lot of female creators kind of getting the recognition they deserve. Mm -hmm. Not saying that we deserve more recognition than we already have. Like we know we're brand new and we've made it very clear that we are still learning. Mm -hmm. We don't know anything about F2. We're yeah. not pretending that we know everything about F2, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we're going to take you guys along with us while we figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you for a damn fact that if we were given the opportunity to have a driver, let alone three of them on our podcast, or to even just have a conversation, we would be doing our, our homework ahead oh of time. Oh my God. We like, already do so much homework. Right. Right. Prior to recording this, right. I sent Hannah a podcast to yeah. listen to. Yeah, I listened I to it last night. I sent her like links to watch mm -hmm. IndyCar because we are going to get into IndyCar today. Mm -hmm. And then even literally minutes before we clicked record, she's researching what happened recently. Like, granted, this homework should maybe be done a little bit before, yes. minutes before yes. we record. But, you know, we do work <laughs> <Explain>. through it. <laughs> 
we we do work throughout the week to create content that not only that you guys can relate to, but is educating, it's useful, mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. hopefully. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just going into this blind and being like, what should we talk about today? Right, right. Yeah. And I think that it's just mind blowing that they've got the guests that they've that they've had and have been given the opportunities that they have and they know nothing. Like not a damn. But, like it's it's different <laughs> if this is like an educational journey. Right. Right. I don't think that's what it is. No. I think that they have just seen a gap in the market and they took advantage of it. Yeah. That's and they're true. like, yeah, let's talk about Formula One. Like it's big right now. It'll mm-hmm. take off. Because I think to make a statement about motorsport community and saying that no one watches F two is insane. Because it listen, if I had a link to watch F two, I probably would. I mean, it's you just can watch you can't it on, find it you anywhere. Can watch, you can watch F two on F one TV. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to do that. <laughs> but to make a generalized statement uh, yeah, about no one watches the sport, I and think these that's are, just unreal. These are statements that usually fall in line with female viewers. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the fact that it's two grown men, yeah. that they're the only ones. I'm not going to say they're the only ones that can relate to the statement that they made, but to just lump us all together, it's just, yeah. it's just rude. It's rude. And we're not going to talk about it anymore because we don't want to like give. We're done. We're just attention to these two podcasters. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that everyone has this perspective now that, you know, content creators, whether brand new, male, female, whatever gender you are, that you can have an educated opinion. And if you get listeners or if you get views, that's awesome. Because that speaks more to like what you are trying to kind of create within your community, within the F1 community, than like how much background knowledge that you need to have to be an authority on this. It's just not, that's just not the truth. Like you don't need to have watched F1 for years and had family history. We got, I don't know if you saw, but we got a comment from, I don't even know. It was on TikTok. We got a comment on TikTok and it said, uh, I'm a male F1 fan of 30 plus years. You guys are creating some really good content. Keep doing what you're doing. So, you know, me and Hannah, just a couple 20 something year old girls who We'll admit, we're DTS fans. Yeah. That's how we got into the sport. Yeah. And I don't think that it should be it's, shameful to ugh. admit that. I don't understand. Is that not what DTS was trying to create? To get people They're into trying, the sport? And we talked about this in one of our first episodes. Like that, The whole point of DTS being on Netflix was to just bring a new audience in. Younger, uh, Western. And that's what it's that's what done. They did. It's what it's done. We're here. So why is it shameful to then say, I'm a DTS fan. That's how I started to get into Formula One. Mm-hmm. All I know is not strictly from DTS. I've done my research. I've watched races. We talk about it all the time. But I that is how what inspired me to get into it. Yeah. It just doesn't need to be like we don't need to put in be put in a box of like just That's DTS it. fans. That's it. I feel like a lot of people and these podcasters mm-hmm. just put it just put F1 fans in a box. Yeah. Or they're trying to. And yeah. that's not the case. Yeah. But speaking of DTS and like getting fans into a sport, I feel like it deserves more appreciation because it is very hard to get into a new sport. And I texted Hannah this today because as we mentioned in our last episode, we were going to talk about IndyCar. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk about IndyCar. This is not like something that we changed our mind on. We are going to talk about IndyCar. A fun interview later on as well with another podcast group who is a little bit more informed about IndyCar than we are, but that's just to come later on in the episode. Mm -hmm. But Emma's beef is that it is incredibly difficult to get into one of these sports if you're just starting out, even at the beginning of the season. F1 does not explain anything if you're going to watch the first race of the season, let alone any other races after that. And it was, uh, we found the same thing with IndyCar. 
because you texted me, you're like, I can't watch it. I can't find it. Yeah. With F1, you can pay for like F1 mm-hmm, TV and mm-hmm. that's what we do. Whereas I couldn't really find anything equivalent to that for mm-hmm, IndyCar. Mm-hmm. And if it was, it was for the US only. Yes, I did find the like, an I, NBC app that I wasn't available to us in or Canada. Or Peacock. Peacock, like, not available in Canada. Yeah. And yeah. so maybe it's easier for fans elsewhere. Like maybe it's different for European fans, mm-hmm. Australian fans. But for us in Canada, we're like, we cannot find it. And I have cable, so I was able to record the race. But when it came to watching qualifying or watching practices, we were not able to. Yeah. I watched qualifying highlights. Yeah, I watched the highlights as well, yeah. But it's it was very hard to actually watch the race. We did watch the mm-hmm. race. We have some thoughts about the race. But it's, it's hard to get into. And I know that IndyCar, they're releasing a very similar, I think a docu-series or a documentary oh, really? called Five... Nope. It's called 100 Days to Indy. Okay. I think I'm wrong. Do you know what it's going to be released out on? I think Netflix. Hang on. Yeah, okay. So 100 Days to Indie. So it's on the CW, which means it will be on Netflix. Yeah, okay. And I guess it is either the lead up to the Indy 500 yeah. or the lead up to the IndyCar season. Yeah. I would assume Indy 500 because yeah. that is like the... It's like the Monaco yeah, like that's for what people F1 say. Fans. It's like yeah. the pinnacle of IndyCar. Yeah. They're releasing something like that. I don't really know if it's going to be more focused on like teams, on drivers. Like I think it's coming out at the end of the month. I will watch it when it's out. Mm-hmm. But hopefully that will be a really good introduction. But even then, even if it is a really good introduction, they're not making it easy for Canadian fans Mm -hmm. to watch the sport. Well, and just to go back, like, yes, we have an F1 TV subscription, but um, even if we didn't, and before I met you, what I used to do was just like watch on TSN because F1 is available on TSN. And like everything's available on TSN. But I looked on... NBC, I looked on all of our Canadian sports channels, all the American ones, because I have American TV as well, and nothing, no IndyCar. My goodness. So I don't know, like, this could just be the programming that we have, but it was very difficult. And I don't know how we're expected, or how anyone's expected to, how IndyCar expects to bring an audience to this sport, which is very similar to Formula One, which should have a similar following to what Formula One has, without more promotion. And yes, that comes with like, brand deals and TV broadcast deals and stuff like that, that like we don't understand, but <laughs> I just, it just is not accessible. And so if it's you, unfortunate. if you are Canadian and a fan of IndyCar, can you let us know how you watch mm-hmm. the sport? And mm-hmm. like, if you watch qualifying practices, please tell us how, because yeah. this is something that I would like to get into. I can't speak on behalf of Hannah, but Hey, I want to get into it. Okay. So she does. Marcus Erickson was my first crush. I think you're forgetting. <laughs> That's fair. I'm making myself sound like what that podcast yeah. wants me to sound like. Yeah. <laughs> you just think he's hot, I Anna. do. Okay. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm a fan. <laughs> um, to- like a disclaimer here. This is not my personal IndyCar debut. I did watch some of the race in Texas okay. last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. And I tried to watch the race before that. The only reason is because I work with someone who is very much mm-hmm. a huge IndyCar fan. And I'm a huge F1 fan. So we talk about racing and I'm trying to get her to watch Formula One. I don't think she's going to, but oh, I'm so she watching. doesn't watch Formula One at all. Hey? No, she doesn't. Interesting. But just because she's got like, her connections are with IndyCar. Yeah. So she's always going to watch yeah. IndyCar. Yeah. So she's the one who's been trying to get me into it. I'm I'm finally getting into it. So yeah, I'm she's, right uh, along with you. Yeah, she's currently in Long Beach watching. Not going to give out any more information about that just for like privacy reasons, yeah. but... She sent me a bunch of photos of the historic F1 cars that were presented in Long Beach for like a 20 minute race or whatever. Mm -hmm. There was like a 1980 Alfa Romeo and I was like, 
oh my god like this is beautiful Mm -hmm. anyway so that just made me really happy yeah also the prices for indycar compared to yeah we were just talking about this before we got on to record that like we could totally just go go to an indycar (laughs) race like just without having to save for months and months and months like with formula one so we could just go let's just go to toronto let's just (laughs) hey i'm with you i will go like i said Marcus Erickson. I'm just I'm, kidding. I'm pretty sure you have a boyfriend, and I think... <laughs> I am and literally I, just kidding. I think he also has a partner. Yes, it could does. be wrong. Yes, he does. But... Yes, he does. <laughs> I'm respectful. <laughs> okay, so speaking of IndyCar, we're going to throw it to our interview right now with the Paddock Pundits podcast with the lovely Kate and Rachel. We enjoyed talking to them and learning a little bit more about IndyCar, talking a little bit about F1, and we're going to throw that into our episode right now. Okay, we are here with Kate and Rachel from the Paddock Pundits podcast. We are going to do a little bit of an interview with them, just like some questions we have about IndyCar. We'll answer any questions they have about Formula One. I are like, you mostly IndyCar or are you also Formula One? No, we no, also do like so Formula One. I guess if we're going to get right into it, <laughs> we're starting like really to push like the IndyCar content because we saw there are no content creators for IndyCar that are women at all. Formula One and IndyCar are super different when you like are breaking things down, but in their essence, people that like Formula One will like IndyCar. I wanted to do little videos breaking it down and now we both do them. Explain in short segments, like some of the different things so that people feel like it's easier to get into because it's definitely like daunting to think about how different they are. Like you guys said, it was hard to find kind of information about things. So if you don't already know, or you don't like know someone that's already into it, then you just like can't really figure things out. Mm -hmm. And all the articles are super complicated and they use a bunch of like words that you don't know unless you already understand how it works. One big thing for me is like, none nobody in my family like watched any sort of like motorsport. It's hard for me to like learn like the technical stuff and like the engineering and stuff. Why would I want to learn about this? But like being able to break it down into like the short TikTok segments using way less technical jargon makes things like a lot easier to digest. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any female IndyCar content creators. Like now that you've mentioned it, it's like a little corner of like the market that like you guys can definitely take advantage of for sure. Well, and it wasn't even like, I don't know, looking at it from like a market thing. It was just like, I listen, I love listening to podcasts. Like I love podcasts. And I listened to IndyCar podcasts just to kind of like fill in some gaps that I have. And as I was finding different ones, it was just kind of like another man that was doing this. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any women that are like putting their voices into it. And there there are, but they're women that are involved in the sport directly, like they're drivers mm-hmm. pretty much. And that's kind of it. Yeah. It's still very male dominated kind of like. Yeah. yeah. And so that's also like scary if you're a woman that's trying to get into IndyCar and you're only seeing men talk about it like we want to break it down and not have it be as scary for people watching my screen today there was so much going on and like the broadcast is is talking about all these different things like assuming that that nobody watching is new to it essentially yeah i'm like oh my god i'm really confused so it was like the first time i watched a formula one race but it was it was like i thought i would know what was going on and i just like i didn't yeah i feel like the screen's always a lot busier during the car race than the formula one race i I totally noticed there's 27 drivers first yeah that's insane this was hannah's first time watching an indycar race i watched a little bit of texas but this was like the first race where we actually watched start to finish what (laughs) there's a like i don't (laughs) i texted her i'm like there's just a lot going on in my brain where are my notes 
your have, handwritten notes no those are these are just for me personally mm-hmm. like I wrote about DRS versus push to pass yeah that was yeah. interesting like and I, they they talked about that a little bit on the broadcast yeah, but they yeah. didn't explain it they were just like yeah. he's just got all these push to pass minutes yeah so can you explain what push to pass is like really briefly yeah like, so basically it's like DRS in that it allows cars to overtake, but instead of having it be like an arrow thing, push to pass is only with the engine. So it gives 60 extra horsepower for a certain amount of time. All drivers have, I think it's 200 seconds every race of that, and they can use up to 20 seconds at a time. But unlike DRS, since that's based on like getting clean air and things like that, you can use push to pass at any point. And so you can also use it to defend which makes it a lot more interesting because you're not just limited in using it when you're going around somebody. It can also be to defend against somebody there. You don't get stuck in like these DRS change that we see on. So exactly. Mm -hmm. F1 Mm -hmm. where it's just like five cars all within like one second. Like you Mm -hmm. can use a push to pass literally whenever. And I think that's the coolest thing. There's so much more strategy to it. It's like not whereas like with DRS, I think this is what you were trying to avoid, but like with DRS, how like the wing opens, it's not like that, right? It's just like X. It's like a like a a mushroom. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that, that is such a good description. <laughs> like a Mario Kart mushroom. Yeah, we did an episode a couple weeks ago where we were trying to explain DRS to any new like Formula One listeners, and I used Mario Kart terms. I used the jargon to no explain one it. Could understand, and it's relatable. People do yeah, understand yeah. Mario Kart terms. So was- no, I I listened to a couple of your guys' episodes, and you kept saying that the Red Bull was like a bullet, like from the <laughs> bot. And I was like, yeah, you're exactly right. I, it is exactly I, like that. I literally used that. My mom like trying to like watch with me and then I was like trying to explain the difference between DRS and push to pass and she was like not following I was like okay just like imagine like the little Mario Kart dial-ups like yeah we'll <laughs> yeah. leave it at I mean that. it's accurate like it works we're not American clearly we're not American but they pray before a race yeah that was like yeah that's that is that's like a very American sport thing it's yeah. not is it yeah. Yeah. You know so I watch the only sport that I really follow religiously that is like sort of religiously hockey. religiously. Yeah. Sorry. Wrong <laughs> My religion. Um, I watch NHL hockey, but they don't and they pray. don't pray. So I was no. like, this is so no. weird. But okay. And like, yeah. this is no shame to any religion at all. But I just have never seen that before. Well, I wonder if it's because F one is so much more global, whereas IndyCar seems to be like North American, North American, right? And yeah. where Christianity is definitely the majority of people practice it. Do they pray as Circuit of the Americas? Do you know? Do you know? Oh. I don't know if they pray as Circuit of the Americas. I know that a lot of the drivers are pretty vocal about their faith too. Yeah, so I think that that are... definitely plays into it. Yeah. Plus, there's definitely with the demographic that they're trying to yeah. hit. That's it's it's very Christian. Yeah, so it I'm. It's interesting though, like I never really thought of it as like a big thing that it's like someone else would like notice. I like we prayed before like middle school mm-hmm. volleyball games and it's like I never really took it seriously, but that's just me. So it's just like something like so common that like I'm we're really used to. So I wonder if because we've seen F1 kind of take over globally and IndyCar, I feel like they want to do that and the whole 100 days to Indy mm-hmm. is hopefully going to help with that. I wonder if they might... I don't want to say like take away the prayers, but maybe not like broadcast them to make it more universally acceptable. I was listening to it on the radio, so I didn't, I wasn't watching it at the beginning, but on the radio broadcast, they say that it is um, like the IndyCar official 
pastor or reverend. Okay, gotcha. He's designated. And I think that part of that is he's there so that if any of the drivers want to take part in a prayer or if there's an issue during a race, Mm -hmm. that they have someone that's there and able to do things for them. So. That but is- yeah, I'd never really thought about it. That's so yeah. interesting. Well, and it's probably even weirder for you because I don't actually know if you even know this about me, but I went to Catholic school for nine years. Nice. But also, yes, I did. I don't know why. This I said is so today. crazy. So yeah, I also way- went to Catholic school for nine years. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also way more normal for me. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, that was the first thing I noticed when watching IndyCar. That and the fact that they get their faces painted in bronze in no. Long Beach, like the winners. They win, yeah, yeah. There's the. There's different like traditions at most of the yeah. racetracks. Okay, so, so that's just a Long Beach thing. Yeah. So then like at the Indy 500, this is like the most famous one. When you win, you get like milk dumped on you. Okay. Um, and you like drink milk. So what's the story behind that? Do you know? Um, I, I don't want to get it wrong, but it's like something to do with like dairy farmers in okay. Indiana. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like a, yeah, they do know. milk at the Indy 500. So that's like, but that's like a really big deal. And like some drivers will say like their dream is to like have the milk, the Indy 500 milk. So, wow. Okay. I, I don't think I can't think of any, so there's like no comparison to that. Yeah. No, that is no. Cause the champagne would be the only that's thing it. that's different. Yeah. Too. And they it's still like, have like, champagne too. Yeah. Oh, like exactly. imagine the champagne, but it's just milk. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's like my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go to the teams? Cause I think oh. I really need to, I understand. I'm listening to your podcast helps understand like the different, the two different engine providers, but I guess it still doesn't like differentiate the team. So are there yeah. like three drivers per team, two drivers? No. So they don't have like set numbers. So a lot of the bigger teams like, um, Penske has a lot of drivers. Chip Ganassi has a lot of drivers. So they have, I think Ganassi has four cars. So then it gets complicated. You really, in IndyCar, you think about oh. it more like cars. So, mm-hmm. so Ganassi has four cars. And Marcus Armstrong does not drive ovals. But exactly. Yes. Okay. So there's someone else who takes the place in that car yes. during the oval tracks. Takuma Sato drives his car for the ovals. Takuma Sato was at, he won... I was at, I should say, I was at the Indy 500 that he won for the first time. And that was also my first Indy 500 race. So he's like, I love him so much. So yeah, we joke that Marcus Armstrong, even though he's driving for most of the season, he's driving to Kumasato's car. Yeah. So is there a specific reason why all drivers don't drive all races? I've heard. I wonder if it's just preference. Yeah, it's it's mostly preference. So then like uh like since he came from F2, he's not really comfortable with the ovals. Mm-hmm. So when they work out their contracts, it's more of a like, okay, I don't think I can drive an oval this season. So I'm not going to, and you can have someone else fill in. And so someone like Sato, who maybe doesn't want to do a full season anymore, because he's like kind of semi-retired. Oh, okay. Um, he can come in and so he can still maybe win the 500, which is, you know, it's like one of the gems of motorsport. So he can still kind of get that prestige. But then part of the issue is that if you're not driving all the races, you can't really be in contention for yeah. the championship. Yeah. The mm. points are another thing. Everyone gets points. Hey. Yeah. Which blows my mind. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. You get a point if you're leading the lap. That was cool. I actually really you get, thought that was kind of cool. You get a point if you get pole position. Yeah. You get another point if you lead the most laps. Yeah. When I was watching Long Beach, there were a lot of cars that like all pit after each other. 
But then there was that one driver that stayed out just to get like those extra laps in mm-hmm. to get that extra point. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even though he knows he's not going to win, he still gets that extra point compared to like everyone else. Yeah. He might be like 25th, 26th or whatever, but he'll get two points compared to everyone else who gets mm-hmm. one. So I figured that out, but I just like don't get it. <laughs> like why? Like why do they all get points? I mean, in short, it's to keep the championship more competitive mm-hmm. for okay. longer. So I think it's like almost 20 years now, almost 20 seasons. Yeah. It's getting pretty close. The championship's been decided the last race every time. Oh my no God. Way. So it's, it's really competitive. They did a really nice graphic at the end of the race that showed that um, Kyle Kirkwood, he, he jumped, uh, I think it was 14 yeah. positions in the championship because he won the race. Wow. So he went from not even being in the top 10 to being in the top five. Yeah. So it just completely changes the game. If you win a race, suddenly you could be leading the championship, even if you've not even been on the podium. And these cars are so similar that you really don't know who's going to win. Like it could literally. I do like that though, yeah. because like every week we do our podcast predictions. We're like, Max is going to win. It's like, well, Max is going to win. Max like, is going to win. Or Checo's going to win or Checo's going to take second. Like I what else do I want to- <laughs> you can't you can't say anything else I could go out on a limb and say that someone else is going to win but that it's like wrong. so many things have to happen for that to actually come true so <laughs> so it is I think like that was pretty cool that kind of comparison because Joseph Newgarden won in Texas he finished 10th or 9th today today is it today oh my god it's Sunday we usually record <laughs> Mondays this is kind of throw me off a little but I love that aspect of IndyCar that there is so much more competition and I wish we could see it in Formula One but like the whole difference is these F1 teams have to build their own car, whereas IndyCar, they outsource from the same manufacturers. Anyway, so do you have a favorite driver? I... Do, do Indy and F1. Yeah, Indy and oh, oh, So my favorite IndyCar driver is Marcus Erickson. Um, my knowledge of IndyCar before like the past like month was so low. I knew he was like a race car driver. I only knew his name because he's friends with all these Swedish hockey players. It's like <laughs> I knew of him before I knew of IndyCar. But I also just like Scandinavian athletes. That's but that's just like a family connection thing that I and Will Power too. Will Power yeah. Will Power liked one of our Instagram posts the other week. Okay. And so we're big Will Power fans over here. Will drive but he drives for Penske. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's it's super confusing because the cars don't all have the same livery. Like they they have different designs. So. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That is probably the most annoying thing is when you're watching the screen, like you you have the driver numbers, but you don't have like what team they're on mm-hmm. and like all the colors are different. And I'm like I, I guess teams don't matter, Emma. Like, we need to get that out of our head. It's more more just like the car. The reason that they do that I looked this up because I, I it confused me when I started watching again because I normally am just like, I'll listen and then I just imagine what the car looks like in my brain. So it never looks the same. They do that so that they can do more sponsorship. So oh. they'll just do it for like one race. So I like think honestly that if the FIA didn't require like Formula One cars to have the same look the whole time, that F1 would also do that. Yeah. Like how McLaren's starting to have their like their digital screens or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that like if they let them do more, that they would just completely change delivery every single week so that they could like maximize their sponsorship. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. I was so confused because I saw when Roman Grosjean went over to congratulate Kyle Kirkwood and they're like, oh, he's congratulating his teammate. I'm like, no, he's pink yeah. and he's yellow. DHL. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, it's like that uh, doesn't okay. <laughs> I don't get it. Rachel, do you have a favorite driver? Because I've been watching IndyCar since I was really little. I like watched it with my dad growing up. From when I was little, Scott Dixon is probably like my favorite driver ever. Didn't he retire? Not retired in general, but retired from the race today. Yes. Yeah. 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 
there are some which is, I don't I don't want to talk about because I also okay, really like Pato. I yeah. really like Pato, so this is like really hard on me because Pato's <laughs> been very vocal about the fact that he's not sorry about it. But from like the newer drivers, I guess Alexander Rossi, I really love. He did F1 for a little bit too, and then he came over to IndyCar. How about F1 drivers? I like Charles. Um, I like athletes who have like sad. Not like sad backstories, but like a big thing to me is when people have like a connection to their team, like the way he drives for Ferrari and like he wants, he cares so much about Ferrari. Like that's what makes me like him a lot. Mm -hmm. We're Charles girls. Yeah, we are Charles girls. And I do think that like the whole connection with Jules is so important and they did such a good job on Drive to Survive to like explaining that and explaining why Ferrari means so much more to Charles than like another team means to any other driver. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. The very first time I watched DTS, he was the cutest. Yeah. Of kind of like, you take it like, yeah, you like, like, I'm not even going to lie and say like the drivers aren't hot. No, the drivers are hot. And like the drivers are hot. So obviously I'm going to like pay attention to the driver that I yeah. think has the nicest face. Right. I found out that Charles was a little villain on the track. I yeah. probably would have been like, maybe not maybe not who I'm rooting for. Yeah. No, because I also like Max. I like, the uh, thing is I'll defend Max. He's also got like the backstory. Like he has something to prove, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's painted to be a villain. In some ways I agree with, but in some other ways I disagree with. Um, yeah. No, he's a, so I, he's a good driver. He's a world champion. Yeah. 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 He, he gets a bad rep. He's not my favorite driver. Um, he was one of my favorites. And the first season I watched was 2021. And that's like a big breakout season yeah. for Max. And honestly, I love Lewis, but I just really wanted Lewis's reign to kind of end at that point. So I really rooted hard for Charles or for Max at that point, just to kind of take over that next spot. I mean, do I love the way that it happened? Absolutely not. But I was a big Max fan as well. And just like when you hear the backstory of like his dad and what he has to prove and why he's so competitive, I totally agree with the fact that like he gets painted as a villain, but like if you watch any video of Max and Dan and Ricardo just chilling together, you realize that this guy is, it's like that TikTok, looks like yeah. he could kill you, is a cinnamon roll. Yeah. That's exactly what Max is. Yeah. <laughs> looks like he could kill you, is a cinnamon roll. Rachel, your favorite F1 driver? I've Okay, I'm also like, we're big Charles girlies. Yeah. Is this I, like we're getting... us, but like the United States version? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's I what know. I'm getting from this. <laughs> but I love Alex Albon. I don't know how I can put it into words. I just his story is incredible yeah. and like what he's gone through to continue to have his seat and like everything with his family. I just enjoy the way that he drives and that like he's yes, competitive, but like at the end of the day, he's like just a guy and he just like goes off and is with his hot girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He was also like super successful and cool. Like, we call him like the golf wag. Like she's not a wag. He's the wag. He says oh, it himself he's too. He's definitely the wag. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have any more questions about the race from today. I have a question. You can restart a race after crash. Oh, yeah. They don't retire. They just they just fix whatever's going wrong. But it seemed then... like there was there a time limit before you do have to retire the car? If you... I think it's just that after like a certain point, it's not worth well, it. Yeah, it's just mm. kind of pointless. Yeah, you're so far behind. Okay, gotcha. Uh-huh. So that's normal then. That is and I've yeah, seen, I've seen that before. I don't know if it was a collision or what. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think, didn't one of the cars retire, but like another one, they just like fixed the issues. And, and that like, was Kyle Kirkwood. Yeah. Kyle Kirkwood went, basically oh. went over the other car. Stuff like that would take an F1 car out. Yeah. I think, because on the broadcast, the IndyCar broadcast that I was listening to, it said something like, because you know how F1 cars, the, the new cars, like designed to pretty much explode when it crashes? Mm. They were saying something about um the, the IndyCar design and how it's, 
it's crashed how it was supposed to is what they kind of oh yeah how they kind of like set it yeah so I assume that that just means that it crashes in such a way that it's an easier fix that you don't have to necessarily retire they're built so that they don't have to replace as many parts so like F1 cars are built to crumple pretty much as soon as they get hit. When like Lando's yeah. front wing or something, like it barely got it was, like, crushed, raised, and, and then it, was, like, it just like popped off because yeah. that's how F1 cars are designed. But an Indy car, it's not like it's not built with the driver in mind as much. So like Indy car crashes are worse for the driver a lot of the times, but the oh, car can continue. Yeah. That so I'm, it's not I'm, as it's definitely not as safe. And I don't remember if I heard this on your podcast. Or if it was on the broadcast today, but um, they were saying something about the differences between the halos. Was that you? Oh, I think it was you. Because the F1 car has a halo, whereas like the Indy cars have like plexiglass. Hey, Mm -hmm. it's like a windshield. Gotcha. Which I think is probably better. Yeah, it's a lot safer. But then what if stuff hits your windshield? There's no wipers. Yeah, so that's, (laughs) you know, they they actually in like pit stops. That's like somebody's job is to fix that. So, but like it's. The pit stops are terrifying in India. Yeah. First of all, the one thing that stood out in one of the pit stops, I think it was New Gardens pit stop. I think there's a female pit mechanic, or mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, because I reckon I saw a ponytail, and I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, this is this is nice. I like this. Like you don't see that very often. But then the other thing that made me want to vomit was how scary it is. I swear, mm-hmm. in the race, like there was one of the mechanics literally jumping out of the way to avoid oh. being hit by an, like a car, an Indy car, and I was like, that. I would, first of all, you, I hope they're making good money with that job, but like, that's terrifying. Also on the IndyCar website, I was looking at the drivers. I just want to see pictures because I love to like see a face. Catherine Leg. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So where does she drive or who does she So she, I'm pretty sure that she's only doing ovals this season. Mm -hmm. I know for sure that she wants to do the 500, but she's been in like in and out of IndyCar I know she was in like Formula 3 for a little bit and she's kind of been all over the place and she's really into doing like women's like rally racing teams. Mm-hmm. So she'll be in like all women's teams. But um, I know that her big goal for this year is to be in the 500. So she's not in the car full time, but she okay. does take over the car for a couple of the ovals. Oh, I mean, regardless, that is so cool. That's just not what I expected to see when I look yeah. at all the driver's pictures. And I'm like, I have to ask about this. She, you have to check out her Instagram. She's like so awesome. Okay, we will. We'll yeah, make a note of that. Absolutely. See, it's names like these that I've never heard that I wish I did when I hear about women in motorsport, not Kelly PK. You know, I want to learn about these female drivers yeah. that are yeah. excelling in IndyCar. Yeah. There's a lot Jamie, of drivers. Jamie Chadwick also. I just yeah. want to like highlight yes, her because uh, she just moved into IndyCar this yeah. season and she's like incredible. Killed the W Series. Yeah. Literally, like, like just like three just times in a row. Destroyed it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's an incredible driver. Um, is Stingray Rob's real name? Stingray? Yes. <laughs> Listen, you, Kate can. Kate will talk to you okay. about this. <laughs> I have Stingray Rob's Wikipedia page. Yeah, I, I think it is bookmarked. Yeah. The personal life tab of his Wikipedia page is my favorite thing in the world. Because that's the first thing. Like, I was like, Rachel, is this guy's name really Stingray Rob? It is legally. So, okay, let me read this. Rob's first name, Stingray, comes from a place his ancestors lived, Stirlingshire, Scotland, shortened to Sting, and his grandfather's first name's Ray. So, it's not even that he's like named Stingray like the animal, it's Stingray like two separate things that they combined to make Stingray. 
I love that. And also Rob being the last name just makes it sound like such like, a nickname. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like Stingray sounds like it's a nickname and that his name is actually Rob. Yeah. I love no, it. It's Stingray Rob. I'll root for him. Um, is there a bad boy of IndyCar? Oh, okay. So I think that this is going to really be played up in the like 500 days to Indy, but I'm pretty sure that Santino Ferrucci really likes to be, he like doesn't mind being the villain. He, I think he does it himself sometimes. Yeah. Like you know I think what? that in this headshot in screams it, villain. Yeah. He's gotten into some, some arguments and some kind of like beef on track with people kind of more of a like all publicity is good publicity type thing Mm -hmm. and that he thinks it makes him more like more competitive because he's got this kind of like bad blood with other people that's hilarious that headshot just yeah screamed villain to me um i have one more driver i want to ask a question about okay i thought it was pato which is hilarious but yes i know i know i thought pato because you know why there's that video of niall horan saying potato (laughs) (laughs) That's just how my brain works. <laughs> he, did, and I'm super uninformed about IndyCar, I'm sorry, but he was in the running for a McLaren seat. Yeah. So how successful has he been in Indy? Pato's done really well. Um, He's finished second in the past two races before yeah. Long Beach, had a really bad Long Beach that we're taking full responsibility yeah, for. Yeah, it's our fault. It's our fault. We manifested for him and we did it wrong, I think. Yeah. So, you know what, so the stars... Was- that was like us with, I don't know if you saw like our nail theory. I did yeah, see, yeah, yes, yeah. I did see that, that we made a mistake and yeah. it was really bad actually because someone commented on our like most recent TikTok where we talk about Roman Grosjean and they're like, please manifest for Pato. And I was like, I'm so sorry. We did do this and it was bad. We, we so we cannot do it anymore. I feel like we're looking in a mirror. I know. <laughs> like, okay. So okay. He's a good driver. Yeah. Okay. And that's- he- yeah, and he did free practice for McLaren yeah. last season at the end at Abu Dhabi. He's yeah. a super popular driver. Yeah. Everybody loves He Pato. just got a new dog. You know, yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. Dog is so cute. I didn't see that. Well, it's um, not on the no, car website. No, it's okay. on the website. Mark <laughs> they, they should put it on yeah. there. Yeah, that should actually be in the head in the headshot. Um, Marcus Erickson was the first person that I looked at in DTS and was like, yeah, I can yeah. watch this sport. So he doesn't do it for me. You're not into blondes. That is true. <laughs> Since leaving F1, has he had a pretty successful indie career as well? Like, I know he won the Indy 500 last year. So I'd say yes. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's all you need, right? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, well, don't some drivers just race Indy 500 and then, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, bye. Yeah. yeah. A lot of F1 drivers do that, actually. They'll get the car just for the, the Indy 500 because they want to go for the triple crown because that oh, happened to Fernando Alonso mm-hmm. and I don't think he even qualified to be in like he didn't make it past the time trials so he couldn't even advance oh. into it this was like a long time ago yeah. but it's just like ingrained in my brain because I don't like Fernando Alonso so. that's okay we don't either yeah well, okay <laughs> thank god I was- <laughs> no it's okay I mean you could say anything and like we won't be offended no <laughs> If you say anything bad about Lance, I actually might be really upset. Oh, yeah. Emma's new obsession is Lance for some reason. Okay, actually, I will say from the first episode we did, like, I used to despise him just because I was like, oh, like, daddy's boy, nepotism, baby. I have grown. I've grown. And I channel all of that hatred towards Lando Norris now. (laughs) That was was it. That was the controversial thing. Yeah. I actually think this is a really good time to end the podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> no, that's, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we need to discuss this at a, a later date then. Yeah, yeah, we can. Like this is a whole other conversation. Oh, we wanted to know if you had a favorite 
Black yeah, Black based Indian. on you've watched one race, yeah. you have to decide blind. Who's yeah. your who are you picking? I have I have two. I okay. I also have two. Yeah, I like Marcus Armstrong because he came from F two, and I like Joseph Newgarden, and okay. that's only because the person I work with they love Joseph Newgarden and. You know, I had to start somewhere. Yeah, that's the way to like, I don't know, learn more. Yeah, like, I was like, okay, and him. Yeah. Marcus Erickson would be for me. And also, and I have no basis for this claim at all, except for the fact he dates Pierre's ex-girlfriend, but Callum, I love. I didn't connect the dots until like a week ago. I was like, oh my God, that's Pierre's ex-girlfriend. Oh my God, we, really? We we joke, we like Callum, but we like make fun of him because he seems like really millennial the way he uses like Twitter. I'm like, oh my God, like his girlfriend's so hot, like so out of his league. And then I was like, oh my God, that's Pierre's yeah. ex. If you scroll down on her Instagram, there is yeah. like every single picture she ever posted of Pierre. Yeah. There's- it's still up. Yeah. yeah. I know that in the Netflix series, they like really don't say like, this is this person's girlfriend. Like they do like the tennis and the golf if you've watched those, but she is like featured. Like there's many shots of her in the paddock, like the races that she Mm -hmm. had attended when they were together. And uh, I was like, this girl's cool. And then I found out she's an engineer and I was like, she's even cooler. And she's also like been watching F1 or motorsport in general forever um, because her dad was a big Ferrari fan. So I'm going to take him as uh, Callum. Yeah. He's he's having a really good season so far. Today was a bad race, but their car kind of sucks for qualifying and he's been Mm -hmm. able to like really push it up into the points. Oh, the very last thing. I'm so sorry. I totally meant to bring it up before. Qualifying is weird. Your podcast made it very Mm -hmm. clear how they go out in separate groups and how it's like the the Firestone Fast 6 mm-hmm. as opposed to like Q3. Yeah. I'm going to just plug your podcast here. If you need to, or if you're looking for a really beginner-friendly podcast to try and understand IndyCar. It was, I think it was episode four. F1 and IndyCar, more similar than you think. Like, give that a listen. It helped so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Qualifying is definitely weird, but I understand it because 27 drivers out at a time, that would be just like chaos. Yeah, chaos. I think that's I think that's the last point I wanted to make. I don't think I have any more burning questions. No, I just I just if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask. But my last thing was going to be for someone who's going to watch their first Indy 500 this year, which is me and, me. and you. What do we need to know? Anything? The Indy 500 is like a it's a spectacle. It is like the it's everything. So they it's more spread out. So I definitely say look at the schedule. Because they do time trials for a lot longer. Like it goes on for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. They do carb day. Actually, I love almost as much as I love like going to the race because it really puts the teams on display and it lets them kind of show off because then they're actually competing for the fastest pit stop. Yeah. You get to highlight your team's work and not just like have it be in supplement to the drivers. So mm-hmm. they get to compete to show that they've been working really hard to do these really quick pit stops. And that's like its own award. So I definitely like check that out Mm -hmm. and look into that because we focus a lot on the drivers, but the teams are doing so much on the back end, especially with like IndyCar, they do refueling. So it's really dangerous. They like deserve more than their own day, but they at least get their own day for the 500. I like having that little tidbit of information. So I'm just going to say thank you to Kate and Rachel for this fun little IndyCar. Honestly, we tried to do it as an interview style and it ended up being a conversation. Yeah, this is not not an interview. It was just a conversation, (laughs) but that's okay. But thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. And, you know, we are now a couple of IndyCar fans now, which is what you guys wanted. Yes. I think it would be fun to like maybe do this again, like after the 500. Yeah. 
Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. We'll have to do that. Cause yeah. I like, I definitely want to keep talking to you guys and see like how your journey in IndyCar progresses and mm-hmm. like how you get into it. And if maybe your driver affiliations change, especially as the hundred days to Indy comes out, I think that's going to change a lot of people's views. Yeah. So, okay. I'm excited for it. We'll definitely stay in touch and I highly encourage everyone to give their podcast a listen, Paddock, Pundits. I think we can link them in yeah, our Spotify and Apple in the bio, in yeah. the bio. but thank you so much. Well, thanks course, for having yeah, us. So yeah, much. this has been so fun. Yeah. That was our lovely interview. That was not an interview. It was a conversation with Rachel and Kate from Paddock Pundits. Total sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Please check out their podcast. Sounds like also we might do some more things in the future together. Mm-hmm. We'd love for our listeners to check them out as well. Yeah, show them some love. Me and Hannah have kind of been talking about potentially bringing on more guests. Let us know what you guys think. Just because we love hearing other people's opinions mm-hmm. also hannah's going on a trip i am going on a, a two-week vacation and i just feel like i cannot talk to myself for an hour well i could zoom in from italy the uh, wi-fi situation might not be the best so in that case we would love to have someone on with emma well, that's so far away we'll yeah. figure it out we do have a couple prospects for that but if you guys like interviews please let us know if we don't like interviews also let us know and yeah then we'll is, never do it again yeah Actually, we we'll probably totally will. will. <laughs> totally will. Um, but just a reminder, we would love it if you could rate and review wherever you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. It really does go a long way, mm-hmm. even just by giving it five stars, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or give us a follow on Instagram at tracktalk.pod or even just TikTok at tracktalkpod where you'll see even some behind the scenes stuff. Of mm-hmm. me and yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people thought that in the beginning when we did TikTok, it was just clips of the podcast. So I'm sure that some listeners thought if they listen to the podcast, I don't have to necessarily listen to the, or watch the TikToks. No, we, but we've done some fun things on TikTok yeah. that are not in the pod. Yes. Um, so show them some love. We would absolutely adore that. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye.